All right, what's going on? Welcome back to the Inside with Irv show. I have a episode today that I think, uh, especially with the construct of how social media has really taken what I can say, uh, playing a role of what's right, what's wrong, uh, what type of, let's say, a lifestyle you should have, you know, if you have this, then you'll be happy, or if you don't have that, then technically you're not rich. Now, I wanted to gear this episode, and I'll probably title this something along the lines of uh, the five pillars of wealth or the five areas of wealth that you should work on. I'll, I'll figure out the title, uh, but really what's more important than the title, in my opinion, is the substance of this episode, because I think that these are five areas and you could maybe think of more but i would say that for the most part these are the five areas that i can think of that uh we should all gear ourselves around when it comes to really building wealth and having wealth in these areas is crucial uh, one thing that i will say before starting off with the first area of wealth that i think that we all need to work on is if you are uh, what I can say off balance with any of these areas, you, you're, you're going to immediately feel it because they all play a role with each other. They all are connected with each other and they all, what I can say, kind of feed off of each other. So if one area is off, you'll immediately feel the weight shift in another area. And so with that in mind, no particular order, but I will give you along the, uh, along what I can say this episode, uh, ones that I think maybe are a bit more important, at least to me, my personal life, maybe you can have one that's a bit more important to you. And then obviously throughout the episode, you'll be able to gauge which one you may need to work on. So with that said, the first area of wealth that every single human being on earth has, I don't care if you believe in a North star, I don't care if you believe in a higher being, I don't care if uh, what your religion is, what your background is, the number one source of wealth or the number one wealth, so to speak, that we have or that we would like to have is spiritual wealth. This is why it's so difficult for you whenever you're walking past maybe someone that's not as fortunate as you or maybe during a holiday season when you're feeling a bit more generous, you wanna pick up an extra gift, or if you're walking by someone that's, let's say, uh, looks you know, like, unfortunately, like they're homeless or they're a bit distraught, this is why you kind of lean toward them and you, and you feel like I need to help that person out. Uh, this is part of that, what I can say, spiritual wealth that you're looking to build, because what ends up happening is what you're really, what you're really looking for is fulfillment. I'll say this right here. You can have all the money in the world, and I know that some people may disagree with this, but this is my opinion, this is my podcast, I get to say what I want on here, right? Uh, most people, they aren't happy or they aren't happier, not because they are missing things or not because they need to have more things or not because they want more, but rather because they don't really have the most important thing. And the most important thing here is going to be your spiritual connection, either with the higher being, uh, having self-awareness, whatever that looks like in your situation. Now for me, that looks like having a better prayer life. For me, that looks like maybe reading a little bit more uh, Bible scriptures. For me, it's about keeping it super practical. If it's, if it's just, let's say, praying an extra five minutes, if it's just reading an extra Bible verse, whatever that may look like for you, dial in on that because it's going to carry into the other areas of wealth 
Uh, if you are connected here, you're able to function here a lot better. Now, obviously, that illustration right there, if you're not watching the episode uh, physically on YouTube, what I did was if you're not connected up and down vertically, meaning with a higher force, then you are not going to perform at a higher level horizontally, meaning with people around you. Now, moving on to what I can say, if not the most important thing, be annexed to spiritual wealth. This, in my opinion, is probably going to be the most important area of wealth that you need to obviously uh, improve in and that we can all, and when I say all, I mean all of us can constantly add a little bit more to this wealth fund. And that's going to be your mental wealth. We just finished talking about spiritual wealth, whatever that looks like for you. But mental wealth is one that I really believe schools don't do a good enough job of teaching in. Again, not, not taking anything away from the education system. They did what they could, even though that system is a bit dated. But when it comes to mental wealth, I really believe that there are three different areas or three different pil pillars that really uphold that together and really uh, three different areas that we need to invest in. The first part of mental wealth, and I'm going to call this a threefold, but the first part is where the education system really dials in. And they do a really good job at this, but they leave the other two kind of left hanging. They do a really good job with IQ, right? That's your intelligent quotient. That's how good you are with, let's say, critical thinking. That's how good you are with problem solving. That's how good you are with a reading, with learning skills, even with memorization. And then you get tested on that to make sure that you actually absorb the material that you were taught or that you were passed down. That's your IQ. But then we have the second one. And the second one is your EQ. That's your emotional quotient, right? That's or, or really referred to as your emotional intelligence. That's another way of looking at that. When it comes to having emotional intelligence, this is how well you're able to handle the bad times. This is how well you're able to handle the good times. This is how thick your skin is when someone tells you that you suck straight to your face. And this is how, this is how what we can say how non-ego biased you are when someone tells you that you are the best at what you do. This is what kind of keeps you what we can say in a nice, even, we can call wavelength. If you get a little too high, you get a little too low, that's when you get hurt. And then if you have no emotions at all and you're flatline, you're dead at that point. It's kind of like a heartbeat. You have to be a nice pulse, right? Not too high, not too low. You can't get too deep into the valley without starting to, without feeling, okay, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm battling depression. And then you can't get too high in the mountaintops, making it feel like you're never going to face another problem again. Because I mean, look, there's three things. You're either coming, you're, you're either coming out of a storm, you're going into a storm or you're in a storm. There's no other way around that. And having IQ is how you handle that situation. Having EQ is how you respond to that situation uh, based off of how you feel. But then we have the third part of mental wealth, and that's going to be your AQ, and that's your adaptability quotient. Now, in my opinion, when you have all three of these banks filled, this is when you are performing at an extremely high and efficient level, regardless of what you do for a living. Having, having the ability to adapt, this is when, let's say you have a, uh, a business that you're looking to get off of the ground, and then all of a sudden you have a competitor that pretty much copies exactly what you were doing, takes your product, renames it, throws it back out, and then they end up absolutely blowing you out of the water with their numbers. 
how do you adapt at that point, right? It, it, it doesn't come down to the intelligent quotient because this isn't a part of, okay, I already know what I have to do. No, you know what you have to do. You already dropped the product. You already uh, uh, marketed it, you designed it, you put it out. But then you have the emotional quotient and that's when you feel kind of like, oh man, I think I'm getting beat. Uh, what should I do now? But having the ability to adapt, having that AQ, this is when all horses are just guns blazing and all horses are just, if, if, if we're talking about cars and a V8, this is when all horses, all cylinders are being fired. And this is when you say, you know what, no, let me adapt here or let me tweak this or let me go ahead and drop this piece right here. Having adaptability, in my opinion, is more important than just having a high IQ. But the good news is, is that you can work on all three. You can improve your IQ, you can improve your EQ, and you can improve your AQ. And when, again, those three are performing at a high level, you are performing at a high level as well. Which leads us into our third wealth that we need to work on, our third sphere of wealth that we can always make deposits into. And this one right here is regarding, uh, regardless of where you come from, regardless of your background, regardless of where you stand, if you have one follower on social media or if you are, uh, let's say, a manager of over 20 employees and you, and you run one of the most successful businesses in your area, whatever that looks like for you if you're listening, pay attention to this part because it's, it's, it's crucial. When it comes to having this type of wealth right here, this is going to really unlock a lot of doors for you as you proceed and you start to move on and move forward in your life. And this is going to be influential wealth. Influential wealth is important. And one of the reasons why influential wealth is important is because this right here is, is what really sets the standard for not only what you do, but how you do it. Uh, this right here, having the influential wealth is what, what I would say a lot of people, they get caught up with, with, with wanting more followers. Right? You, always, you always hear, I want more followers, or how can I grow my social media faster? It's especially since I'm in the social media space, that's for some reason, that's, a lot of people ask me that, I get it. I have, I have a decent sized following. I mean, compared to some people, it's, it's a lot. Uh, but I never understood you know, the obsession. I mean, I, let, me, let me say it another way. I understand why you would want more followers because you feel like it helps you create a, a more uh, influential pact with your audience, but I never understood the obsession of wanting so many people to follow you. And I, once I learned this, everything just kind of clicked. Leaders don't look for followers. Leaders were once followers, but something switched in them that caused other people to start following them. Now, someone that leads isn't necessarily going out and rallying and say, hey guys, get behind me, get behind my product, get behind my idea. People, when, when, when you bring value into a certain space, when you carry a certain authority on what you speak on, when you carry a certain ammunition on things that you're firing off, when it comes to uh, your business, when it comes to relationships, uh, when it comes to family, whatever that is that you are working on, that right there in and of itself is going to bring you in, in relationship with more people that are willing to listen because it is a privilege for you to even call people followers, by the way. Um, not sure if I myself like to call people followers I, just because I, I think that word is, again, is kind of mis misconstrued. Remember, these are people. Obviously, there's certain type of content, certain things that you put out that people tend to follow. But I think that there's also a misrepresentation of 
people, especially influencers, think that they own people. Like you don't own anybody. In fact, you're not even entitled to someone hitting the follow button for you. You're not entitled to someone commenting on your post. You're not entitled to someone sharing your stuff. Uh, and I think that a lot of that comes with the misunderstanding that if you have a lot of followers, it automatically means that you are quote unquote an important person. Just because you have a lot of followers doesn't necessarily mean that you are influentially wealthy. That's, that, 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 that's not even close. Influentially wealthy means that you are impactful and that you are not trying to impersonate someone else because we know that originality is the purest form of creativity. And since we understand that, we can then segue into our fourth area of wealth, and that's social wealth. When you know who you are, you know who you, you automatically know who you are not, right? I hope I said that right, yeah. When you know who you are, you automatically know who you're not. Just, I just wanted to reiterate that again because I don't want to lose anyone. This is important. As you start to move in places of influence and as you start to have influence over other people for good, hopefully for good and not for bad, you start to move in other in, in new areas of social groups, of social hierarchies. You now start to get connected with people that are maybe two or three steps uh, ahead of you. You start to connect with people that you, you, you maybe idolized at one point, and now you're starting to think to yourself, you know what, I think I can see this person um, as, a uh, as a business partner, or I can see this person as a, let's say, a colleague, or I can see this person as maybe uh, someone that I can do business with or someone that I can connect with because we are, for the most part, thinking along the same lines. There's nothing worse than you are moving uh, uh, steadfast and you're moving forward into something and your social group is holding you back. There is no, uh, what I can say, heavier anchor to your mission. There is no heavier anchor to your calling. There is no heavier anchor to your purpose, what you're looking to accomplish than being socially bankrupt. Because what ends up happening is you're now having to not only babysit these people, but you're having to carry their weights, let alone you already have enough on your plate that you are dealing with all together. So what you need to focus on, if maybe this is an area that you lack in, or maybe if you haven't, again, made any, any deposits into your social, what we can call social wealth bank. If you haven't been making any deposits and if you haven't been investing into it, just like anything else, this takes time to become wealthy. It takes time to build uh, your, your social wealth. You need to start thinking to yourself, okay, who is someone that I can connect with right now that's going down the same path that I wanna go to? Uh, are they two steps ahead of me? Are we running at the same pace? Are they running significantly faster than me? Are they maybe running a little bit slower than me, but they're at least headed into the same direction that I am? Once you have that, you start to piece these people around you. This is why I don't believe that you know anyone is self-made. I myself, I'm not self-made. People tell me all the time, oh, it must be nice being self-made. I'm not self-made. First of all, I don't even consider half of what I've done, and this is gonna sound kind of weird, but I don't even consider anything that I've done to be even that great, at least not yet. And even if I did accomplish something at, at, a, at an extremely high level, not only would I not you know, try to show off about it, but secondly, I definitely wouldn't say that I'm self-made. I think that, first of all, I would have to give thanks to uh, just the way that things are aligned by the way that God set them up. That would be the first thing. Secondly, those that are placed around me, I think that they would have a significant part in why 
um, you'd accomplish what you'd accomplish. And then third, uh, we're forgetting that we live on a, on a planet with 7 billion people. So if you're a millionaire, well, guess what? You possibly did business with thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people. So you're not self-made. And then if you own a business, well, guess what? You don't own that business by yourself. You maybe have partners and you possibly have 10, 20, maybe hundreds of employees that have to look up to you. So I don't believe this whole thing of, oh, I'm self-made, right? I think that, I think that becomes a very uh, selfish uh, way of looking at things. Uh, last part here, and this is important because without this last place of, uh, this, without this last place of wealth, none of this uh, can be kind of held together. This is going to be the glue and the cohesive, and this is going to be your wealth or your health wealth. If you are not healthy, and I'm talking about in your body, if you're not healthy in your body, you're not able to go long hours of, of again, working on your mission. If you're not healthy in your body, you're not able to carry on some of the ideas that you have. If you are not healthy in your body, uh, you may not, uh, you may not see yourself from a scope of that. You deserve something. I can't tell you how many times I speak with people and they say, Oh, I don't want to do that. Or I don't want to put out this piece of content, or I don't want to go to that meeting because of how they may see me. And a lot of times it's not so much because of what you know or what you don't know, but it's literally how they see me physically or how my face looks. This is crazy. And these are brilliant people that message me and that I talk to that I really do genuinely believe that some of them have some great ideas that if they would introduce it to the marketplace, but for whatever reason, they just don't see themselves, uh, you know, from, from the, from the light or from the scope of not just being worthy, but just not looking the part. And a lot of that comes to just not taking care of themselves physically. So this goes down to obviously having that diet in check. Uh, you don't have to be a bodybuilder. This is literally just getting three, four times a week of some cardio, even if that's walking on the treadmill for 20, 30 minutes as you're listening to a good, uh, as you're listening to a good audiobook, or even as you're listening to the Inside with Earth podcast. Uh, having what does your diet look like? Get that on a regimen because that's the same energy that you can carry headed over into some of your days. This is crucial, especially as you start to work some longer hours and as you start to what we can say really grow these areas of wealth and you know exponentially where you're where you're really looking to take them to the next level. So to recap, five areas of wealth that we all can continually work on and continue to invest in. It's going to be your spiritual, it's going to be your mental wealth, it's going to be your influential wealth, your social wealth, and your health wealth. Notice that nowhere in there I mentioned anything about money because money isn't even on the list when it comes to building real wealth. Uh, money is just the vehicle that we use to build, to build real wealth, but it's not the end all of real wealth building. This is why you have three types of people on earth. You have rich people, you have poor people, and you have wealthy people. Poor people are always talking about money. How can I get more money? How can I make more money? How can I make more money? Where, where, where's my next paycheck gonna come from, right? You then have rich people. They're talking about what they have. Look at my new shoes, look at my new car, look at my new house, look how much money I have. But then you have wealthy people. Wealthy people are talking about ideas. Wealthy people are talking about their relationships. Wealthy people are talking about their influence. Wealthy people are talking about how well off they are with everything that, that they've built that's attracted money into their circle, not the other way around. So when you figure that piece out, that's when all of this comes together and you start to realize money really is just a byproduct of 
your what we can call of, of your belief system so there you guys have it i hope that you guys enjoyed this episode today of the five spheres five areas of wealth if you haven't done so already make sure to subscribe on here if you're listening on either itunes or on, on apple or if you're listening over on spotify and if you haven't done so already make sure to head over to our youtube channel where you can subscribe over to the inside with irv youtube channel as well i appreciate you guys watching until next time everyone i will see you in the next episode